Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. One can help but be positive. The other can't help but be negative. Bleep you, you bleeping bleepity bleep. The only thing they seem to agree on is that they can barely agree on anything. Blah, blah, blah. I'm Andy Hart. Uh, I'm not happy yeah. about this. It's sports radio for the passionate fan. What's up, Nick? And grumpy dad in all of us. That is just so stupid. Fitzy and Hart. Yes, I've been listening, Andy. On Boston Sports Original. I like the way Andy Hart does it. Might have Nick just take over. W-E-E-I. On a quintessentially autumnal Saturday here in beautiful New England, the capital of the sports universe, and of course the greatest city of them all, Boston. You're our home, and that's also home to 93.7 FM, W-E-E-I, W-E-E-I.com. And of course, we are heard all across the fabulous W-E-E-I Sports Radio Network. And hey, it is 2023. You can bring us with you anytime you want, any which way you want to roll with the Odyssey app. If you don't have it as of yet, what are you doing, bro? Download it today, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Jumbo Hart and I got you today from 12 to 3 p.m. So much to discuss. You are welcome to join the two-way sports talk party at any time just by simply dialing 617-779-7937. Of course, the socials at FitzyGFY, at Jumbo Hart. And at WEEI, and should you wish to communicate with us textually, you can hit us up at 37937. Producer extraordinaires Joe Braverman and Justin Turpin will be monitoring the line. I think we're launching straight off the pad here at 83 Leo M. Birmingham with Joe Braverman. What up, Joe? Howdy, Fitzy. Howdy, Andy. Yes, one hour, you are dealing with me. And then the last two hours, we got our guy Turp, of course, our fantastic Celtics beat writer at WEEI.com, and the producer, of the Six Rings and Football Things podcast, one of the Odyssey Sports Network and 2400 Sports fastest-growing podcasts. If you don't subscribe already, come on now, jump in, Six Rings and Football Things, wherever awesome sports talk can be found. Today, oh, we'll talk about it all. The Celtics and the Bruins are on fire. The Red Sox got a new boss man to help get the players and shop for the groceries. Is he the right man for the job? We will discuss with the one and only Brad Show. Rob Bradford calls in at 1220 today. And because we are the football guys, the six ring bros, we're going to talk a heavy dose of football. And then there's the Patriots. Yeah, and the Patriots. Yeah, and uh, the sad trombones will lead the way for the latter half of the program today. And our pal Mike Dusso from Patriots.com will call in at 220 with some sort of update that will hopefully put a smile back on our face. But I make no promises. Andy, what do you plan on doing with your extra hour of time considering it is fallback Saturday? 
Uh, that's a great question. Probably catching up on some sleep and sitting my ass on a couch somewhere. Mm. Okay, let's absolute... talk about what you're doing, though, for Daylight Savings Time, though, Andy. Waka Waka! Michael Waka! <laughs> Michael Waka? Well, if we had guys like him, we probably could have made the playoffs. Hell, we nope. could have been in the World Series, considering all it took was 84 wins for the Snakes of Phoenix, a.k.a. the Arizona Diamondbacks, to make their way to the World Series. And what a World Series it was, all five games of it. Yeah, now it's over. And now we uh, can move on to an exciting offseason because I am actually one of the few, apparently. I'm trying to read the tea leaves mm -hmm. uh, with my friend Rich Keefe and others. I'm one of the few that's actually pretty excited about the Craig Breslow era, and I don't care that he talks like a geek and uses big words. Uh, I'm intrigued by some of the things he said and some of the things I think he's going to do where this might be a flashback good old day offseason of, I don't know, dreaming of big trades and big signings and, and getting excited about your baseball team instead of just like ho-humming it to get to April and finding out, oh, great, we got a couple of 37-year-old two-year contracts for $30 million, and woo-hoo, let's go buy some tickets. Well, I mean, if it's going to be the 30-something relievers, they did an awesome job last year, so I have no... I have yeah, no that's awesome. Quarrel. The rest of the team sucks. Everybody loves to have a strong bullpen when the lineup blows and the starting pitching blows. You know, the lineup didn't entirely Hey, let's blow. get to the seventh inning. Uh, then we'll be good. Uh, sorry, sir. The first seven didn't go very well. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Someone has a hair across their Red Sox today. Holy smokes. Well, I'd like. No, no, no. I'm very excited about the future of the Boston Red Sox. Right. It's the recent but the, you past can't, that sucked. Yeah. Chris Martin and Kenley Jansen were great last year. They just forgot to address all the other glaring holes and issues. That's like having a NASCAR driver who's proven to be the best driver on the final lap of the race the problem is he crashes through the first 199 laps yeah, oh, it's great. like going to it's like going to a restaurant where it's like oh the appetizer the salad bar is rotten dinner sucks great dessert <laughs> right, why would like, i stay for dessert <laughs> right it's just why, yeah it why would no i sense. go there in the first place i would just go to a pastry shop or an ice cream parlor correct. if i wanted just dessert correct now i'm actually excited about the drinks, the appetizers, the main course, the dessert. I like the uh, way that the chef is putting together the whole menu for this multi-course meal. Or, theoretically, will be putting together. I have to wait to see the execution of what I think will be his aggressive plan. Now, obviously, Craig Breslow, the former Red Sox pitcher, World Series champion from 2013, friend of Alex Cora, former teammate as yep. well, had two particular stints with your Boston Red Sox before Theo Epstein brought him into the family the uh the was it the Ricketts family fold out there in Wrigleyville, yeah. working with the Cubs for several years, pitching specialist, then ultimately an assistant general manager, before now being given the job, chief baseball operations guy. Why can't you know? Car, sorry to go down the you know, boomer lane here for a second, but didn't you just like it before when there was a manager, a pitching coach, a hitting coach, and a general manager? That's it. Yeah. That's pretty much all you need. Like. All these fancy titles, like Sam Kennedy, president of the Red Sox, chief baseball operator, Heim Blue, there's a general manager, an assistant GM. This, I mean, I get it. The specialization of everything these days with uh, many positions, analytics departments, video review specialists, all this stuff, just to get any competitive advantage possible so we can have the further larusification of baseball with 19 relievers coming into a playoff game. All right, it's all well and good, but just, you know, just uh, he's the GM. Is he the guy that helps you figure out who you want to have playing on the team, who you're developing, and how much it's going to cost? Then he's the GM in my eyes. Well, it's almost like the old famous quote from John Henry. 
Larry Lucchino runs the Boston Red Sox. I'd like to know, just to be clear, does Craig Breslow run the Boston Red Sox? Like, does That's a he get great to make question. Every decision. These are the kinds of questions I want to ask Rob Bradford, of course, of the baseball's boring podcast, Bradford show, and so much, and everything. Red He's Sox not here. boring. I think you left out the the int. I think Base- you just said baseball is boring. Obviously, my words were getting ahead of. Uh, I was getting out over my verbal skis once again. It happens from time to time. We got a lot of moving parts. Hey, like Tom Brady said, I'm 49 years old. I got a lot of S going on. Okay. Uh, speaking of which, yeah, Tom Brady doesn't look good, in my opinion. Okay, thank you for bringing that up. This is a mild digression, but of course, when you got three hours to fill and kill, this is how we roll. That's how we do. Is it me, or did suddenly Tom Brady? Look like the old lady at the library uh, in that video this week that was released of him talking to Josh Allen on the Let's Go podcast. No, you know what I think he looks like and is starting to look more and more like? I think he stopped getting all the shots that Giselle told him to get to fill in his face and look forever young. No, I I think think he's decided to age now. No, I think he got too many of the shots and there's some permanent damage. He looks to me. What's the bad guy's name in the Avengers? The Red Claw, Red Face, Red Skull dude. That's what Tom Uh, Brady's starting to look like. Like the the villain in Captain America, that's just the Red Skull. Well, he looks like the Red Skull. Tom Brady is now the Red Skull and always looks like he's on the verge of tears. Whatever that, is frozen that's a, I in was, his I couldn't eyes. decide if he was crying yesterday when I was watching always. him and Josh Allen talking crying to emoji. each other. He's the new crying emoji because it looks like, I think he's smiling, but he's he's crying. And like he's squinting. It is, un, it's uncomfortable for me. It's uncomfortable for me to look like what he looks, to, to look at him the way he looks now, like, it's it's awkward. He needs to have some reverse plastic surgery done or something. Suck out the Botox or suck out Can, the chemicals. You can't or, suck out the Botox. I'm not sure about the fairs. Absolutely get, not, Fitzy. But, Tom, I mean, it, it's weird for all of us that absolutely are still concerned. Absolutely not, Fitzy. <sighs> right, fine. He does not look good. Yeah, but absolutely it did look Absolutely not, Fitzy. All right, fine. We'll stop. To- Tom, we love you. Obviously, you came back here. You're forever Foxborough once again. Always a patriot, whatever it was you said. Like, it started with when he ran out into the field and did the big let's go and spoke with Mr. Kraft and everyone at the opening game against the Eagles. And it was sort of like, ah, oh, Tom decided to finally get old like the rest of us. That's cool. And then I saw him in that Josh Allen clip. You know, and when he's ever, in his, like, his Hertz commercials and everything else, like, they have them all done up and made up. And right. It looks like he's in his early 30s. But when he's home on his AirPods talking to Scratchy, brought to you by Macy's and Hertz, whenever he's doing that routine, yeah, he looks... I wasn't sure if he looked sun-cooked, overboiled, uh, not Something. filled in. I don't know what it was. Not good. I can tell you what it is. It's not good, and it's uncomfortable for the viewer. Yeah, it, it's definitely a strange look indeed. If you would like to offer your thoughts and theories as to oh, why no, Tom, Tom Brady starts, <laughs> 617 uh, Andy, real quick, let's get to, we got a couple minutes before we have to catch up on everything trending in the wide world of sports and beyond. Who would you say, I know whenever we do the Fitzy and Hart show on Sundays, and in the fall, of course, it becomes the... Six Rings postgame show. But uh, who would you say had, because there are a couple teams, like obviously the Red Sox got a new chief baseball operator, man, person, manager, fellow, and the Celtics are killing it, the Bruins are killing it, the Patriots. Uh, Who would you say? (laughs) Yeah, that would be great. Thank God that's the majority of what we have to spend our time talking about. Who would you say had the best week in Boston sports? Okay, so the first one I'll get rid of quickly because some people will roll their eyes, but I don't know if you caught our friend Kevin Stone on New England Football Journal uh, wrote a tremendous story this week where he talked to 10 different Patriots about their memories of playing high school football and playoff high school football Mm -hmm. season. Mac Jones, 
Um, uh, Christian Barmore's was funny because he was like, yeah, they were always like, there, there's the guy that can beat everybody. He's going to the NFL, and he loved going on the road in the playoffs and destroying entire teams by himself. Mm-hmm. Um, some great stories. It's high school football playoff season. For the families that are involved, it is uh, the memories of a lifetime are being made for some of these kids. Very cool. And, yes, I'm biased. Yes, I went to a playoff game last night. Yes, we won, and it was fun and all that. Oh, who'd you beat? I was at a uh, playoff game last night, too. We play. We beat uh, Doherty Memorial out of Worcester, and we're advancing to next week's matchup at Milton. Big D3 battle, Ooh. the three seed, the six seed at Milton. Okay, now having grown up on the South Shore, one of our arch rivals, of course, was Milton, because Milton liked to think of itself as overeducated Braintree. But, Bra- <laughs> but Milton is one of the towns Braintree would beat up on the way to the fight with Quincy. So Nice. Uh, yeah, that's, that's, just how, that's just how we roll. Speaking of which, by the way, shout out to my Womps, Braintree High School football Yep. Victorious last night over. Sorry, Wig. Oops. Sorry, Wigs. Oops. Oh, you hate to see it. Ain't that a shame? So good Don't job. Don't forget shout outs out there. The one in seven Algonquin Titans. Jesus. We're not shouting oh, out one in seven. Joe, teams. May, you know, Get maybe you need room. to leave. Why don't we bring in Turp a little early today? <laughs> <laughs> Joe, Joe, sounds like you need sleep or a nap or a hug or something. Just kidding, by uh, the way. One in seven. Three. I will never poo-poo nope. a losing nope. football team. I was nope. a member of an 0-11 sophomore year football team that we never led for a single minute of a single game. So <laughs> That explains everything about you. Why did you wait until today to finally it, die? It left a that. mark. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I went obviously went to Braintree High School. Very proud of my alma mater last night. Uh, and our producer, Justin Turpin, who's stepping in at 1 o'clock today to join the program, is a member of the coaching staff at Braintree High. So great job, Turp. Great job, Braintree. Sorry, Wigs. Sorry, not sorry. Uh, also, last night, the flag football team that I coach got in the end zone for the first time in a month, Yay! and we won a playoff game. Hey, big you top, scored. Big, Little battle. We scored. Look what Andy, and that relates to the Patriots. Crazy things happen when you get in the end zone. It's yeah, they've the already scored thing. more touchdowns than the Patriots all year. Okay, we're not taking shots at the Patriots. Come on. Joe, as, Joe, again, what did I tell you? We do the fireball at home. We don't bring it to work. It's not bring your, bring your favorite adult beverage to work day. Come on now. But, uh, yeah, so congratulations to uh, all the high school football families out there everywhere. Yep. Enjoy the run as long as it goes because awesome. it's a special time, and even these NFL players will acknowledge it's the most special football you'll ever play with your buddies from middle school, elementary school. You played youth football with them. The town's rooting for you. Enjoy it. But on the big picture, who won the week? I think it's the Boston Red Sox. I, I love the change, and it might just be because the new guy ain't the old guy kind of thing. He's not high in bloom. I loved that Craig Breslow comes in saying that he is going to make the tough decisions necessary to get this team where it needs to be, and that's competing annually for the AL East and competing for World Series titles. And he said the word acquisition many times in his interviews and his press conferences. He knows he needs to go out and acquire talent, and that's why I'm excited again about the Red Sox, the offseason, and baseball is no longer boring in Boston. No, I think a change will do you some good. And it oh, seems thanks, like Cheryl. Yeah, well, exactly. Well, all I want to do is have some fun, Andy, and we're going to do that for the next three hours as well. Here, are we? On that, we're going to try. We'll do our best. That's all we could ever offer to do. Do uh, six, or one, do seven, not. There is no seven, try. <laughs> that was six, terrible. One, seven, that was seven, Bane seven, seven. saying Yoda. That was a really wow. That was a bad Bane doing Yoda, which is uh, the crossover event. <laughs> oh, of we're going to go back to that for a long time now. <laughs> And you were merely born in the darkness. You were merely adopted the darkness. I was born into it. Uh, we will discuss lots about football, lots about baseball, lots about the Celtics. And I do concur with the senator from the south coast of Massachusetts. The Red Sox somehow were able to sneak in on a good week for baseball when the Texas Rangers won their first World Series. 
Shout out props and hip hops to our old pal Nathan Yavaldi. Five wins this postseason, an absolute hoss, bulldog, whatever you want, whatever word you choose for somebody who was just an absolute nail eating grinder. He went out there and pitched his ass off, validating the contract that was far from a big deal that the Rangers gave to him that Heim Bloom and everyone decided not to offer him to stick around with the Red Sox. He is justly rewarded. He has a wonderful spotlight on him. The Rangers, by the way, Road Warriors, 11-0. and 0. Andy, that, that's a run. That is a tr- Baseball won the week, really, and locally it was the Red Sox. That is a hell of a run. And look at Simeon and Corey, Se- Corey Seager. Two World Series championships and an MVP in, for two different teams in the World Series? How you like me now? The new Mr. October, I was watching when they were doing the different graphics comparing him to Reggie Jackson and uh, the, the modern-day Mr. October, Corey Seager. And, oh, the damnedest thing happened. You spent money, invested in your team, and you, yeah. oh, won the World Series. Huh, look at that. Craziest thing, huh? Built themselves a fancy new ballpark with those three-and-a-half-foot hot dogs and won themselves a World Series. What a time to be alive. 617-779-7937. There's your telephone number. If you've got questions, Rob Bradford. Bradvo has answers. We'll talk some sock shop with him next. But first, here's Joe Braverman trending now. Do uh, or not, there is no seven. try. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. Oh, that's just one of many clips we'll be playing. Final injury report has come out for the Patriots getting ready to host the Washington Commanders. Receiver Devontae Parker has already been ruled out via the concussion he suffered last week. In Miami, Calvin Anderson has also been ruled out, and he's been placed on injured reserve with an illness. Trent Brown, Devon Godshaw, Tyquan Thornton, all three returned to practice yesterday in a limited fashion. Those three are listed as questionable, along with Christian Barmore, Jawan Bentley, Farrell Brown, Jonathan Jones, Vidarian Lowe, Josh Uche, and Dietrich Wise. Coach Belichick talked about what Sam Howell does well and the challenges that he will face for New England. Throws the ball to all the receivers. Um... Gets the ball out quick, pretty athletic kid, tough kid. You know, he's been sacked some, but he's he's tough. He stands in there, you know, makes some tough throws. Been a lot of close games. You can see his poise. Looks like he's gained a lot of confidence from his teammates. He earned it, so had a pretty impressive year. Speaking of Sam Howell, he will be without his second leading receiver, Curtis Samuel, as he's been ruled out already with a toe injury. Pats and Commanders kick off from Gillette at 1 p.m. tomorrow afternoon. Celtics are back in action in Brooklyn tonight against the Nets to start their group play of the NBA's in-season tournament. Derek White has been ruled out due to personal reasons. Gary Washburn is reporting that it's likely for the birth of his second child. Tip-off is set tonight for 7.30. The Bruins are also back in action to face the Red Wings in Detroit for a 7.30 puck drop. Off the ice, defenseman Charlie McAvoy is appealing his four-game suspension for the illegal hit he had on Panthers' Oliver ekman Larson earlier in the week. In Red Sox news to the surprise of no one, Justin Turner declined his 2024 player option and will become a free agent. Also, pitcher Corey Kluber will hit the open market after the team declined his $11 million team option. And Boston College knocked off Syracuse last night in the Carrier Dome 17-10. Thomas Castellanos gave the Eagles the lead with 2.23 left in the fourth on a seven-yard touchdown run. The Eagles are now 6-3 and 3-2 and in ACC play. Next week, they'll welcome Virginia Tech riding a five-game winning streak a week from today. I'm Joe Braverman, and that's what's trending on WEI and WEI.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. 
Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I understand that some of you will see me as another Ivy League nerd with a baseball front (laughs) office job. It's true. I am that. But I'm also a 13-year big leaguer and a 2013 Boston Red Sox World Series champion. And I know what it takes to win here, and I'm willing to make the hard decisions necessary to deliver. My contribution to winning in this role will be different than it was back then. But one thing remains constant. My desire to win today is as strong as it was as a player, and I can't wait to get started. Thank you. That was Craig Breslow at his introductory presser this week, which was first introduced by Sam Kennedy. But then, of course, ownership actually showed up in-house. Must have been a very special occasion at America's most beloved ballpark. And now we pivot to America's most beloved baseball analyst, of course. He is the one and the only at Bradfoe. Of course, he of the Baseball Isn't Boring podcast, the Bradfoe Show, all the WEEI action, and so much more. Joining us now on the Harbor One Hotline. Bradfoe, how was you, first and foremost, how was your World Series week? Oh, it's good, man. Like, are you kidding me? My only regret was we gave Tori Lovello a Baseball Isn't Boring sticker, which he put in his hat before game two, and they won. So he was ready to ride and die with that thing all the way to a championship, and we were going to get major publicity when he got stepped up to the podium and said, this is the reason, my friend. <laughs> but, uh, but alas, that, that never happened. And, and I, I do want to say this, is that uh, breaking news, I did get a quote from John Henry that day, um, which I've been sitting on, and this is, I'm revealing it for the first time here Ooh. on your guy's show. Yeah, I said, uh, he said, no, thank you. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> and he you said never it. Know unless a, you ask. That's no, right. Th- no, thank you. <laughs> oh, that's fine. I thought you know, Bradfoe. I know it was. I know it was underwatched, and it was only five games. But I found that to be a pretty entertaining World Series, and I was very happy for the Texas Rangers, who Andy was just uh, going on about momentarily right before uh, you joined the program. The idea that, hey, look at that. You can use a, a smattering of homegrown talent along with some uh, you know, well-thought-out, high-priced free agents, put them together in the right mix, and that concoction, if you will, that cocktail, turns out to be a team that was in it all season. They were white-hot out the gate, then they regressed. They came on at the end of the season, and that was a postseason heater for the ages, and I couldn't be more thrilled for them. Corey Seager is like uh, someone everybody should like, like teach your kids to play baseball like that guy and get paid like that guy. And how could you not be happy for good old Nate Evaldi? Oh, yeah, and, and I think you guys hit the nail on the head that we learn from how you win, and 
you know, we had John Daniels on, who obviously built a, a huge part of that team. And then Chris Young comes in and gets the pitching, gets the Valdi, and gets the veteran pitchers. But you take a step back and you look at it and say, all right, you know, that's how it can work. And, and I do think when you're talking about the Red Sox, it's not always just a straight line in apples to apples, but there is a lesson to be learned. Absolutely. And we, and we talked about this even before the Rangers won, that you have to have the guys, the foundation guys, that you have while you're getting the other guys where you're building around the other guys. In other words, Brian Bayo on the Texas Rangers wouldn't be the number one starter and wouldn't be the guy that everyone said, we are relying on Brian Bayo. He would be the number three starter who you're learning from Nathan Evaldi, who you're learning from Scherzer or even DeGrom on the sidelines. And same thing positionally. You know, Evan, you know, uh, the, the rookie there, I mean, you have that guy coming up while you have Seager and you have Simeon, and yes, you paid for certainty. That's how it works. And now we're going to find out with this Red Sox group if if they actually understand that. Because other than Kenley Jansen and Chris Martin, they didn't pay for certainty before that. So, Rob, I uh, was on with Rich Keefe the other night, and I, you know, as Rich sometimes does, he brought a little bit of a negative tone that I didn't care for to the Craig Breslow introduction. Um, said we got just another geek, and a geek, he's he's Heim Bloom with a curveball, and he had all these lines ready to go. I I actually left the press conference uh, excited because I heard Craig Breslow say some things that triggered good thoughts in my head. One of which was. I'm here to make the tough decisions, whether intentionally or not, I thought was a little bit of a shot at the last guy who I don't think could make the tough decisions at tough times. And then he used the word acquisitions to list his way to build a baseball team, which excited me because if the Red Sox are back in the business of big-time acquisitions, I'm back in the business of being excited in the offseason. And so am I too optimistic in my read of this new geek baseball guy, leader of the Boston Red Sox, that maybe he's the guy that is going to no. bring life back to it? Well, I, I think that, number one, your, what, what is going to bring you back is going to bring back a lot of people, which is make the tough calls, make the tough trades, you know, get the one player instead of the five, get the, win the free agent battles with the Tampa Bay Rays for Zach Eflin, you know, win, win, do those sort of things, and, and, and maybe get in the real deep water when it comes to the Yamamoto or Tani or whoever and go all Dave Dombrowski and say, I mean, <laughs> Dave Dombrowski bid $40 million more than anybody else for David Price because he knew he wanted an ace. I'm not saying they have to do that, but start doing some really uncomfortable things um, instead of the comfortable, like we set our price and that's what it's going to be. But when it comes to the, the Breslow introduction, uh, number one, you know, I've known Breslow for a long time. In fact, guys, you would be honored to know that yes. Craig Breslow is WEI.com um, an alumnus. He oh. wrote for us during the 2013 <laughs> playoff run. Yes, you have got to be kidding. He was a guest blogger for .com? He was, a guest, he was a guest blogger. Don't try to find it because, as you know, they've wiped out all <laughs> archives. Um, but but he, was a, he was a guest blogger throughout that playoff run. And so I, I've known him for a while. And, you know, I, I hear those clips, and I saw him up there. Number one, I give him a lot of credit. He never looked at his paper. Like, he memorized that whole thing, which is kind of crazy. And the other thing is, that's not – when you talk to Craig Breslow, that's not how he talks. It's just not how he talks. I think that one of the things that he does really, really well, and I think it's going to serve him, is that as smart as he is, 
every conversation you have, he listens to you. He's genuinely listening, processing what you're saying. And yeah, then he might come back with words that you don't understand, but still he, he, he genuinely listens. And for me, that goes so far. I, I, I probably it, it transcends to all sports, right? But I always said this about Tori Lavella. Tori Lavella was one of the best human beings when it came to actually listening. How does this radio thing work? What does this microphone do? You know, that sort of stuff. Breslow is of that same ilk. And so I think that when it comes to Alex Cora, when it comes to people who are already there, he is going to go in with the open mind while also carrying that thing that he talked about, which is actually playing on a team and knowing what a major league clubhouse looks like. Rob Bradford at Bradford joins us here on the Harbor One Hotline to catch up on all things Red Sox, Craig Breslow, and so much more. Yeah, you remind me also, uh, the Rangers are actually in a really good position next year to compete once again because they bid big last year, bigly for Jacob DeGrom, wasn't that three for 105 and he didn't even pitch yeah. a single didn't pitch a minute this year? Uh, it must be nice to be paid $35 million to get your UCL repaired and hang out and do some stretching. But And by the way, Chris Sale so close to having a World Series ring if I'm boom just doesn't turn down that trade for Chris Sale in 2022 uh, uh, trade deadline. So, so close, yes. So close. But no, he's already got he's already got one. And oh, but oh, but the strikeout of Machado at Dodger Stadium still brings us joy. Would love to get back there. Um, all right. So we're we're all in on Craig Breslow. And yes, he, he did put on the press conference voice and everything else. And uh, it seems like the Red Sox coaching tree is doing much better than the Belichick coaching tree. Uh, these days, Bradfo, which is great. It's nice to have one of our own back in the fold. I think New Englanders, Bostonians, Sox fans really appreciate that. But I want to turn to you now. It, let's let's play Bradfo's off-season priorities. Uh, you know, we've, right. we've, dis- we've discussed on our show when, we, when we're on with Rich and we're talking Sox, would you rather, you know, like Soto and Yamamoto or all in on Otani <laughs> and then somebody else or... You know, the combinations therein that could be available, Snell, et cetera, this offseason. What would be the ultimate one-two punch for you to see Craig Breslow find a way to acquire this offseason? Well, listen, I mean, Yamamoto is the guy that everyone talks about Otani, but Yamamoto, you're going to have more teams in on Yamamoto. And anybody who I know that everyone's sprung out of bed at 530 this morning to watch Yamamoto pitch the last time for the Oryx Buffaloes, but he did really well, and he did nothing to dissuade teams from actually wanting to sign him. And he's 25 years old, which That's is a big it? deal. I mean, 20, wow. yeah, and so this is, this is the biggest, this is why all these teams are going to be in on him. Number one, he's good. He's 25. All these other guys that you're talking about for pitching, Snell and Nola mm-hmm. and, you know, Sonny Gray, they're 30 and over. And so this is the guy that everybody wants, and the Red Sox have loved this guy going back a few years. So this is going to be the test. How, do they want to compete with the big boys, the Yankees, the Mets, the Dodgers, whoever else? And, yeah, of course, Otani. Like, I'm not, I'm not ever going to say, oh, how dare they spend all this money on Otani because for what they need, forget about pitching, for what they need in terms of pushing away apathy, there is no better investment business-wise in the history of baseball than this guy. And so I think, and I and guess what? I know that you guys know this. He can get his sneakers just down the road at New Balance. <laughs> I'm like, oh my goodness! It, it's, I mean, this is a laugh at like this. Oh, he has a great relationship with New Balance. Oh, he doesn't have to actually get them in the mail. What a difference! Um, so I, I think that you know those two are the obvious ones, and 
I do think that you have to start getting trades. I think you do have to start identifying some trades where, like I said before, it's just get the guy. Don't worry about getting the guys, the guys that, who are going to be serviceable major leaguers. Get the guy who is going to be part of the foundation going forward. And, and uh, you mentioned Soto. I, I'm not – if they sign Soto, great. But Soto, I had heard some things in San Diego. Him and Melvin, that was never going to work out for another year. Um, you know, your short-term deal, uh, he's not a guy that I would, would invest in long-term. I just I, – I, I think their offense is good enough where you can find guys in trades to supplement what you have, but you've got to go get guys who can actually pitch five innings. So two, two-part question here. Uh, Yamamoto – What's that going to cost? And can you give us a couple names? A uh, yes, a lot. Whatever that big number is. What's it going to cost for Yamamoto? And give us a couple names we should keep an eye on on the potential trade market for a high-end pitcher. Yeah, well, I'll answer the second one first. And Corbin Burns of Milwaukee. I and mean, that's the guy that everybody is is thinking the Brewers are going to trade. He's a top-of-the-rotation guy. Um, he, he's, you know, short-term deal. So you, you're going to, you're going to have to pay the price. You have to pay the price for any of this. This is, this is the cost of doing business. This is, we come back to, and I hate to keep belaboring the sort of Dombrowski era, but when, you know, <laughs> when you overpaid 40 million for price and he's like, yeah, that's not quite enough. We got to go get sale too. Well, you allocated top prospects for overall for a guy who I think had, let's see, does, he had three years left on his deal. So that's what that's the cost of doing business, and it'll be the cost of doing business to get a guy like Corbin Burns in in that deal. So that's a guy to keep an eye on, no question about it. And with Yamamoto, it's it's going to be over two hundred million dollars, which is once again I'll say it again, it's cost of doing business. And he's twenty five years old, twenty five years old for your free agent. It is it is so crazy that when I was looking this up the other day, Otani was twenty three. When he came in, and I mean, you want to talk about the most undervalued contract in the history of the world? Mm-hmm. That's it right there. Twenty-three years old for what you got for Otani, and you weren't able to capitalize on that. And and before we start that conversation, by the way, everyone can say, "Oh, yo, Otani is fascinated by Fenway Park and New Balance is down the street." Well, I still can't get past the fact is that the Red Sox made up Bruins, Patriots, and Celtics Otani jerseys and never had the opportunity to present them to him because he didn't take a meeting with them. So mm-hmm. I still think the guy wants to stay on the West Coast because there are teams that with money who want to pay a guy like him on the West Coast. Yeah, and everybody, this is just my one man's opinion, but everybody associated with the Angels who decided to acquire talent and mortgage more of the future that they don't have right now and sees a horizon that looks like the end of the first Terminator movie deserves to live in that reality <laughs> or lose their jobs because you had a chance to trade him right before the injury announcement and you would have gotten a King's Ransom, a Herschel Walker-esque, re, you know, basically rebrand of a franchise and now they are in plunged into darkness whereas where yeah whereas uh otani's going to come somewhere else he'll hit for a year maybe he pitches again maybe he's an elite pitcher it will be one of the more do you think bradford's going to be one of the most uniquely structured contracts in baseball history because of the fact that he's not going to be able to pitch this year and how good of a pitcher will he be once again and how long can he keep up this you know bow uh this dual purpose uh baseball magic like he does yeah, I don't know if it's going to be uniquely structured. I think it's going to be the most expensive contract we've ever seen. 
and even without the ability to pitch because the perception is that he's going to pitch next year or the following after 2024. And, and, and for me, like it's a hundred million dollars worth in business. Like this is guy for business purposes, this is the be all end all. And, and you're right with the angels. I can't imagine. Well, listen, the angels, my guess is at the end of the day, we're going to find out the angels had the highest bid, right? But that doesn't mean Otani is going to go there. Because he's like, well, why do I want to do this over and over and over and over again? Especially when I don't even have to move barely. I can go to the Dodgers and, you know, all I have to do is convince Joe Kelly that I can wear number 17 and that's it. You know, like the the Dodgers are the most likely fit of everybody and everybody thinks that they were saving their money for Otani. So uh, I just look at it, you know, I would love to see the Red Sox just get a meeting with him because that would show me that he's thinking a little bit differently. But until he gives that meeting, I just, I just fall back to his first go around with him. Brad, one of the, um, I guess, weird dynamics of Craig Breslow's arrival is the Alex Cora definitive. I'll be back. Oh, I'll be back. I'm going to be here. I'm going to be here before we even had a new chief baseball operator or whatever the hell his title is. Um, is that a weird dynamic? Is there any chance that Breslow and Cora don't work perfectly? I know people like to say, oh, they played together. They'll be fine. They're baseball guys. How do you th- see that dynamic playing out this year, next year, or whatever, moving forward? It's a good question. I think that, you know, on the surface, it's probably best case scenario because, as I said, Craig Breslow doesn't have a huge ego. He is a listener. Um, I think that you have, you know, Alex Cora, who is accepting of Craig Breslow because he knows him a little bit more. And, and so that's a good place to start. But that's not the be-all-end-all. All. I mean, the Cora-Bloom the dynamic, we all know, wasn't the best. But Cora <laughs> yeah. liked Dombrowski. You know why he liked Dombrowski? Because Dombrowski did what man- all managers want. He tried to win now. And I think that Cora, especially being on the last year of his contract, he, I think he views Breslow as a guy who, yeah, he wants to build up and fix pitching and everything else. But he also wants to win now because the ownership wants to win now. The ownership has to get rid of these Dodger parades and dollar tickets and all that. They know this. So they're going to spend money. And so I think that, that Cora, as we sit here, is it, it's in a good spot. But we don't know. Like, honestly, Andy, like, we don't know until the trade deadline. Because mm-hmm. the trade deadlines were the things that always got under Cora's skin. Like, that's what it was. It got under a lot of people's skin. And so wait, wait till you go there. I, I remember I talked to Mike Hazen down at the World Series, and he said, he said the one thing that I, I made a goal before the year was that I was going to be a buyer and help the team at the trade deadline. I'm like, holy mackerel. Like, and think about where the, the Diamondbacks were. They weren't exactly a juggernaut, but he was like, I am going to do this for the team. I, this is going to be a priority. And look at what Chris Young did same sort of thing a guy who knew the value of playing on a major league team in a clubhouse what that can do so when that time comes around i think that could be the the fork in the road in terms of is he on board or is he on board but you know it's going to be an interesting dynamic especially you know if if they don't get off to a good start and you're on a one-year contract what does that look like you know and i'll throw out one possibility which is you know i have no information on this but if you talk about you don't have a GM, right? You don't have a GM, and rightfully so, by the way. You shouldn't hire a GM until you figure out what you need in that GM. Mm-hmm. But what happens if Alex Cora wants to ultimately 
merge into the front office. They get along. That, that Craig Breslow sees a fitting replacement in the manager's chair. And Alex Cora, hey, you, let's introduce you to the front office. You can become the GM. Mm-hmm. I'm just throwing it out there because it's spicy and why not? Let's go. Sure. Hey, let's you know, and Bradfoe, that's how we like all of our spots with you to end. Let's get spicy and let's go. That's a, that's gonna be the new t shirt we're gonna start selling at baseball is important. <laughs> Dot Bradfoe. Let's get also spicy. My IBS slogan. Let's get exactly. spicy and let's go. Why do you have to make everything so God so uncomfortable for everybody? Bradfoe, I can do this all day long. Uh we're already up against it, and I'm sure I'll get a text message from uh from management yep. saying, Come on, stick to the clock. But Second in of five the day. in five seconds, Justin Turner, percentage he returns to the Sox. Uh, I was. This is going to copy a cop out. Fifty percent. Oh it's, come on! No, no, there's no law. No, that's okay. No, I'll take no. That gives me no, hope, Andy. It, no, because because I think it's all going to come down to who is uh, who's going to be willing to give him a two year contract at 39 years old. Who is going to be willing to give you a two year contract? And if it's not the Red Sox, if I'm Justin Turner, as much as I liked it here, I, I I'm going to squeeze out as much money in years as I can from the last couple of years of my playing days. And I would give it to him because he busted out some old man strength this year that was excellent. And leadership is something you can't put a premium on. He's at Bradfoe. Give him a follow. Baseball isn't boring. Everyone's favorite baseball podcast. The Bradfoe Show and so much more. Thanks for a nice chunk of your Saturday, Bradfoe. Enjoy the baseball chat as always. Enjoy your off season, and we'll catch you soon, brother. All right. And go with it. Go Dartmouth, Andy. Like, Damn congratulations. Right. Let's go. Go, go, go Dartmouth. I'm, Go I'm, down. Uh, I'm scouting for you. I'm uh, right now. I'm at the Bentley Assumption football game, so I don't know if they're recruiting, but I'll put a bug in there. Here. <laughs> All right, sounds good. <laughs> awesome. There he goes on the Harbor One Hotline. The one and only Rob Bradford. Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. We'll react to that. Talk some more socks. Celtics coming up. Patriots. It's all on deck here on Fitzy and Hart on Weei on a Saturday. Great stuff with our guy Rob Bradford, the Bradford Show. If you missed it. Always subscribe to the Fitzy and Hart podcast, the Saturday WEEI podcast, and of course, use the Odyssey app, rewind, and give it a listen. Let's get spicy. Let's go. Uh, during the break, Andy, I've been perusing MLB.com's top 25 free agents this particular offseason. Yep. Um, everyone that has been linked to the Red Sox. Uh, according to Mark Feinsand, is a pitcher. Oh, yeah. I think the the word is out. The world knows the Red Sox need guys that can go longer than five innings. Uh, it would be interesting to see if the first two, and, of course, Rob mentioned someone that uh, I've been in on, Rich Keefe has wanted for a while, uh, Burns from uh, Corbin Burns from up in Milwaukee, because obviously what was the reason why he and management don't get along? I forget what the story was behind. Well, that, they went to like, arbitration, and they oh, yeah. basically—I think they pinned like their postseason losses on him or something. They did it, something it's why yeah. you don't want to go to arbitration because you have yeah. to say why a guy's not worth the money he's asking for. It's a terrible thing to do. It's why Theo and the Red Sox have always tried to settle. I think GMs always try to settle because. Nothing good comes from telling one of your best employees why he sucks at his job. For all we know, that could have been one of the things that frosted the tips of Mookie Betts when the Red Sox went to arbitration with him and told him why he wasn't worth this particular amount of money, which ends up being a paltry sum compared to what he was ultimately and rightly paid by the Dodgers to play baseball for. It's just it's such a gross. Could you imagine like before you like, here's why. 
Uh, we think you're only worth this, and we don't really want to pay you that, even though what you're asking for is fair market value. Like it's a really, it is really a terrible and kind of gross process. But Ken uh, Ken Laird would be like, Fitzy, you missed the trending by three minutes, so yeah. we're not going to pay you what you're looking for. Yeah. Also, your clicks are down on dot com this month, and we were actually expecting more. Yeah. Uh, ah, it's too bad. Now, oh, well, we always try, even though our podcasts are tra- is trending upward more than damn right. Uh, Blowing up, baby. Yeah. There'd be some other guys I would love to see the Red Sox get. I don't want them going after Aaron Nola. 31 Wait, years old. Rewind, uh, rewind. Yamamoto, did he say it's only going to cost $200 million? And I know only. It's not my money kind of I thing. I think but. I saw somewhere in the neighborhood somebody on uh, the X platform projected seven years, $210 million, to I'll which do it I tomorrow. say, fine. Done. Done. He's 25. Abs- seven, okay. Even He's if 25. one of those years. If his UCL. If his UCL. Whatever explodes like a bottle rocket. I don't uh, like a whistler. Doesn't. I mean, I would never wish anything like that on the man. But for, my God, risk of thirty million business. a season, considering what you just paid Chris Sale to not basically yeah. pitch a five-year yep. contract. This guy. So his. I don't know if you saw his final stat line uh, in his final Japanese professional baseball start. Andy, was that really uh, this morning? Yosh- yes, it was. Super early <laughs> this morning. Yoshinobu Yamamoto just pitched a complete game. On 138 pitches in his last start before becoming an MLB free agent, 14 strikeouts breaking Yu Darvish's Japan Series record. Let's go. No, I'm yeah. all in. And I've seen, like, you know, a total of, I don't know, three minutes of internet clips of him. <laughs> Whatever. I'm all in. Yeah, and of course, so I, tw- I retweet it and say, let's get some Moto Mania going at Fenway. And, of course, the first reply, mark him down for Tommy John surgery within the first two years of the contract like any another big-name pitcher coming over from Japan. Those guys always throw too much too early too often, and then MLB gets the tattered remains. Now, that's not actually like a quintessentially negative Boston reply to things because they do kind (laughs) of like who is the pitcher? I forget in the World Baseball Classic. Is it maybe like a 19-year-old Japanese fireballer who was throwing like 101-102. I think he already had an, more innings of service than a bunch of guys that are like 25 in the majors. Like, they do. It happens. Yeah, it happens. Guess okay, what? You almost Kids have coming to... out of Vanderbilt are the same thing. That dude destroys yeah. people in the College World Series. Yeah, and sometimes they even go ahead and preemptively get it. Just like, oh, it's feeling a little weird. It's not oh, perfect. Yep. yep. it's a, That's a new thing. I don't care. I, I, I want hope. There's always risk. What about Otani? You ever heard of him? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he's on his second one. Damaged goods. You ever hear Kevin Durant? Sometimes the cost of doing business is dealing with guys who are injured or have had past injuries. Like you, if that's that's the mentality, in my opinion, that got the Boston Red Sox to where they are. They they look at the downside. They look at the fear of doing the deal, the trade, the signing, instead of the upside. What if we do this and we we hit on it? What if we get a 25-year-old pitcher who for the next seven years is you know, the ace of our staff or the one or two in our staff? Like, How about we look at the pro side of the ledger and not always the con side of the ledger? Yeah. Why do God I forbid. have to be the voice of God optimism forbid. in this damn town? God forbid that's what we ever do. By the way, um, I know we are still talking baseball, but just to share a quick little nugget, little update on the way in. Uh, there was a, a trade deadline this week in the National Football League, Andy. Yeah. Somebody who was moved from the team that the New England Patriots are playing tomorrow at 1 o'clock at Gillette Stadium was paid, and they were paid a lot of money. We will get to that in just a, fu- uh, a couple minutes. We'll do a little commercial break. We'll hit the top of the hour, get into hour number two 
of the Fitzy and Hart program here on WEI. Don't you guys go anywhere. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.